Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds Warren. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you and get your feedback. I'm really psyched to be joined by a friend of mine and also soon to be Missouri's most eligible bachelor, Ben Pfeiffer. Ben, how are you doing today, man? Hey, you. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, if you're going to put it on Twitter, I can put it on a podcast. So. I, I, <laughs> Close I, enough. I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's been like a year since we did this last Dude, time, I know right? it's been a while. Actually, you were the first person I ever did any draft correlated stuff. With, really? So, wow. yeah, you could say that you put me onto this because now it's uh, it's consuming like the majority of my waking hours, but it's fantastic and I love it. Um, it can certainly be all consuming. In, in that's your a, that's like, a great point. Like, There's like so many things that you can watch. And wake up thinking like big board debates. It's like, no, I should have this guy over over this guy. And then you wake up and you're like, no, what the hell was I thinking? Like, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then you like read somebody's article and you're like, oh, you know, I missed like six things. Like, what if I what if I didn't miss those next time around? Like. It's kind of funny. It feels like uh, like playing like Fallout or some shit. Like I'm always walking around picking up new things to to kind of, you know, try and apply to what I'm doing and, and throwing out shit that that doesn't make sense to me. So, you know, or that just doesn't apply. But it's fun as hell, man. Uh, yeah, it's a nice metaphor. Yeah, I, I, I actually used a, a Fallout metaphor in yeah. a piece. It was, yeah. uh, it was great stuff. Um, but how are things on your end, man? What's what, what's been up with you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I've enjoyed my my time off, more relaxed. Um, I've also enjoyed my uh, basically like Netflix binge of of this class. Um, even, I, I mean, I've obviously had like priors and I know about almost all these guys, but it's been fun just like hyper speeding through everyone um, and just like asking my smart friends to fill in the gaps. It's been it's been interesting, but it's cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, trying to get acquainted with this this draft class has been fun. Like you, uh, so I mean, you start off like I can't even remember what the first game I watched was. Like the more you start watching, the more you get better acquainted with everything that's going on and like understanding who's doing what, where, when. Um, and now it, it helps because I know going forward, I'm just going to try and watch games every single week so that I'm not like this behind when I get to the actual uh, draft time. But I feel like on top of everything now, but it's, it's kind of fun it's being behind and like blowing through everything. It's like it is a little it's bit like a like, challenge. It's like when you procrastinate your, your, your <laughs> yeah. essay or something. Every like single paper I ever did in college. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's the way to put it. Um, well, we're here because we need to have a conversation about Franz Wagner um, out of the University of Michigan, because I think there are a <laughs> lot of uh, really odd um a lot of odd misconceptions about him as a prospect. The more that I've watched him, the less I've understood where certain people are coming from on him. Um, I think he's going to be really freaking good. Um, we can, you know, talk a little bit more about looking at, at floor and ceiling and all of that. But overall, I just think like some of the comparisons that he's drawn have been uh, unfair. Uh, like I know there's a, a decent sect of, uh, people in, in Indiana that are like, no, he reminds me too much of TJ Leaf. I'm like, well, the only thing that is very TJ Leaf about him is that he's white. There's like literally no comparison to their game other than that. They're um, both one, one, one can dribble, one cannot dribble. 
Um, one can pass, one cannot pass. Is there anything that TJ Leaf has ever done better than Franz? I don't think so. Um, maybe, maybe like playing with Lonzo Ball, but I think that's the only thing that that's been. And like Franz could like hypothetically like eclipse that if, if he gets lucky. <laughs> exactly, like he could as a Pelican. Who knows? Um, but I mean, you have a certain affinity for Franz too, and I think anybody who watches him for a certain amount of time does. Um, I, I mean, taking him with the 13th pick, which is where the Pacers are at now, he's slotted to them on a lot of mock boards. Uh, that would not be a mistake in the slightest. And there's a lot to talk about with him. Um, I think where we could start is looking at, uh, you know, you, like initial um, upside with him and, and how you view him in the league. Because for me, he stands out as somebody who, you know, not to just like, you know, throw together a bunch of uh, different conglomerations of what he's going to be. But to me, he's just he's awesome combo forward who can do pretty much anything. He's scheme versatile. Uh, on defense, he does quality stuff at the point of attack, has great lateral quickness, um, can even show some some help side rim contests. Like he does pretty much anything you could ask of him defensively, which is again absolutely nothing like TJ Leaf. Um, while also doing a lot to of rag on TJ Leaf. I've always had a soft spot for TJ Leaf. I, I don't he, hate TJ Leaf. Even I think if he's not, he, he got a I've lot always, of hate. But I once when I was a kid. Um, since for those who don't know, I, I, I am a Pacers fan, have covered the Pacers for a long time before I, you know, shifted away. Um, I did DM TJ Leaf on Instagram and he did reply to me. So I, oh, wow. I, I always love TJ Leaf for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so random. Why did you DM TJ Leaf? I have no idea. I just like randomly, cause I just randomly DM'd him like, like breakout season incoming. And he was like, thanks bro. <laughs> that's awesome man oh shit you damned him to the g league that's uh (laughs) hey i mean he ended the year with portland so there's something uh but yeah with franz he actually i I did not even know he was not on the page anymore no yeah he uh he got he got no he got traded to oklahoma city and cut i do Um, do remember that trade yeah yeah. and then i'm way out of the loop yeah no it's been it was it was a rocky year for tj leaf it was a rocky year for the nba in general but yes um so Franz uh, automatically to me, it's the defensive baseline stands out a ton. Uh, and then he does a ton offensively that we'll dive into as well. But just ultimately his role archetype is kind of uh, like a, a connective wing who you view as uh, just a floor raiser or floor raiser is the wrong way to put it. Cause that sounds negative, but like just in general, like somebody who's going to amplify uh, stars around him. Um, at least that's my initial takeaway on him. Yeah. I mean, I I, th- I think he's generally like underrated as a defensive prospect. Like he is yeah. like grouped with a lot of the other like, three and D wings in this class. Uh, he is very much above them. Like Franz is, is massive. Uh, he's a genius. His tools, like I said, his, his all around physical tools are, are really impressive, which I don't, I don't think he gets enough credit for. Like again, like extremely large and like looks massive. Like, Every inch of 6'9", honestly, I could buy him being 6'10". Uh, long as hell, uh, gets off the floor really quickly, which is kind of an, you know, a very important physical tool for weak side rim protectors, uh, which, you know, and which Franz, I think, definitely will excel at. Like you said, r- really great laterally. Um, extremely smart team defender. That's what you know, we'll get into. Uh, and, then, and then offensively, like, definitely has, has his issues in terms, of, in terms of wiring and aggression. Um, and, you know, some some physical tools related deficiencies, but just, you know, again, really smart, uh, should be a good shooter, uh, you know, good to great shooter. Um, yeah, like, like you said, a, a very good like additive 
connective wing, uh, who I'd build as a ceiling raiser more as a floor raiser. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, I think you know, like, you throw Franz on a bad team and like he's not helping you. At least, I mean, offensively, I mean, he'll help defensively in any role on any team. But you know, you, you throw him offensively on a bad team without real creators, and he's not going to do much for you. Um, but but I think like, like you said, if you throw him on a team with you know stars, star creators, or star big wings, or star big men who can really generate offense, then he's going to be awesome. So yeah, Franz is a fantastic prospect, and he's super young. He's also freshman age. So yeah, and I think it's interesting too because a lot of people will probably say like, well, he's related to Mo, so how much how how good can he be? He's a much better prospect than Significantly, Mo was, like yes. way better. Uh, probably, I mean, just overall has much better skill and craft of the ball, better passer. Um, just way better players. Passers. Yeah, there's like, there's very little comparison to make this between them besides the name. Um, yeah. it so let's talk about the offense first because I, I do want to get positive and talk about the defense, but the offense is where I have the most questions. Um, like you mentioned already and talking about wiring and some of the aggression, like for people who are you know f- not familiar with some of those terms, like more looking at when a guy is uh, presented with an option or opportunity with the ball, how do they attack it? So like one of Franz's biggest issues right now is like, I, I just, cl- I'll, I'll put this in the article description down below. Um, but in looking at him, like he he'll get a, he'll get the ball with like 10 feet of space and he'll look to swing it immediately instead of taking, instead of just taking a shot himself. Um, like I think he took, yeah, he took three and a half threes per game this last year that could have easily been, five or six threes per game if he really wanted to to get more up. Um, so I think that's kind of one of the things right now where in terms of looking at wiring and aggression, like uh, there are questions like how is that going to change at the NBA level? Yeah, I mean, he is just not as aggressive as you want him. I mean, being being passive isn't inherently a bad thing. And I think it definitely works for his like connector archetype because he's the type of player who like will hunt the best shot. Like I'm he sure has a lot yeah. of Academy brain. He's like Teo yeah. Maladon, but six, nine. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> he's a lot better than Teo Maladon. Well, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah. in terms of like, I don't want to shoot. If Teo was six, nine, he'd probably be a pretty damn good prospect. Actually. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure like many of you would have seen that like sun's possession last night or the other night that had like a, a million passes. And like, I was looking at that, like, like this is, like, this is Franz's heaven. Like yeah. Franz wants to be on that floor. But definitely does come with a trade-off. Like, there's so many instances where he like will catch like will catch a ball with like four feet of space and won't shoot. Like, like you've clipped on Twitter recently, or like I've clipped and we've talked about plenty. Or like he'll have like a uh, a like a cleared out floor with a smaller defender and just you know will either like jab and then you know end up passing out and won't be aggressive there. Um, I'm like Franz's creation tool are definitely limited. Like he's not bursty. Um, he doesn't really have any advanced handle, but he's like extremely large um, and can shoot. And like, if he can just like get to his spot and like release like nine foot push shots, like he will do good things. Like Franz is often like releasing at the rim. Like he releases his shots 10 feet in the air. Um, like again, like again, I'll, I'll keep saying this, but he is enormous. And like, he often like, I feel, I feel like he feels like he doesn't realize it. Um, I've, I, I've said this plenty. But like, I wish you could. I wish I could like fusion dance uh, Rocco Prokacin's wiring <laughs> onto Franz. Which for those who don't know, like Rocco is the type of dude who like he throws up some to, bullshit, man. But like wants to kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Like he will dunk on. He will like attempt to dunk on like literally whoever is in front of him, no matter how audacious. Like if he catches the ball with like an inch of airspace, he's shooting it. Like 
he he like, like he will fire and like he's like a far inferior shooter to Franz. Like Franz, it's, it, it's interesting because like like his threes per hundred dropped by two this year. Like he was by threes. He was taking nine point two threes per hundred last year, which which is which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean his role increased a little bit this year, um, but it didn't really change. I think like the meaning of that is really closer to his actual threes per hundred attempts, which is like still very good for a guy his size. You know, is is a great free throw shooter. Like, if he can get the volume up, like there's there's no real reason he shouldn't be a very very good shooter. Um, but I think the the offense that he's not definitely hurts him because again, like you can't just be squandering advantages. And I think Franz, you know, in terms of development, is gonna have to get better at that. Um, with you know, with with the wiring in terms of like not squandering advantages. Um, because he's just like so like get the best shot available oriented that oftentimes that leads to you know getting a worse shot than would have than would have been like a Franz slightly contested catch and shoot three or like a or like a pull up mid or something like that. Yeah, no, that's such a great point because like even just going and watching the Florida State game, like they they beat the shit out of Florida State, but there are moments in the game throughout like you can tell he's getting soft closeouts. And I'm like, that's not a closeout he's getting in the NBA because like, I think it was Anthony Polite, uh closed out on him and it was a bad closeout, but Franz just p- pumped and goes. And I'm like, well, you're not getting that in the NBA because if a team is going like, especially in the playoffs, at least they're going to see you. They know that you're not going to shoot right away. And it's like, okay, well, we're not going to yeah. close out hard on you. If we're Franz going to force you to shoot. Yeah. If, if Franz isn't shooting, like th- that's the issue. Like you said, like, like he's going to stop getting those closeouts. Like he's like he was just not going to close out hard. Like even if he's shooting like thirty nine percent from three, if it's on low volume, like like we've seen players like this in the past, like these fake shooters, um, like, I don't know, like James Ennis, like Glenn Robinson types, who like maybe like 40 percent from three, but just like won't shoot the ball, and teams just like don't have to exhaust their resources closing out. Um, because they'll just gamble on better options. And I think a definite definite issue with Franz, um, like Franz's next shot hunting is like I think he's also vulnerable to being run off the line. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you like run him hard off the line and like force him to pass, um, I could definitely see issues because his finishing isn't wonderful either. But again, I think a lot of these are are remediable with one, like just kind of getting him to take more risks, um, just in general. Um, but yeah, like those closeouts, like you I'm not I'm just like like you said, like either he has to fix his, fix his, like his, his willingness to, to like to chuck, or he's not going to get those. Cause like he, he definitely needs to draw those type of closeouts. And if he can, he can be very effective. Yeah. And I know like a lot of people just look at his shooting numbers and they're like, Oh, well, he can't be that good of a shooter. And I think I would point out too, um, he had a really great shooting track record when he was still in Europe and the, the free throw shooting's always been very good. So I'm not really too worried about the shot translating. It's just going to be more about like, we're talking about like getting it off more and being more comfortable with it. Cause even then like looking like his shot preparation is good. Like he's good at staying in a stance. He's good at moving his feet. He doesn't cross himself up. Um, it's just actually taking it. That's going to yeah, be, I don't difference. really have any issues with his actual jumper. Like I'm not like a like a jumper mechanics guy but like i think i you know it's you definitely learn over time like you know what's what's bad uh at least like you know learn to identify issues and like franz really doesn't have any like 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 you said but like his base is good his energy transfer is smooth like it works off of a variety of actions it's just a good it, 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 it's a pretty looking shot yeah it's definitely like he just needs to to trust it like yeah the the trust is going to be a big part um Speaking of trust, though, how do you feel about his uh, his rim finishing? Because you mentioned it a little bit. Like, 
it was weird watching because defensively, I, he he gets air so much better defensively than he does on offense. Like almost every rim attempt I watched uh, was completely below the rim. Like he tries a lot of underhand stuff to try. He tries to get a, around defenders a lot more than through them, which part of that is just his size. Like I think, he, like we mentioned, he's 6'9", but he's like probably 2'10", 2'15", um, and pretty lean right now. And I honestly don't know how much room there is for his frame to grow. Like there's probably some, but at the same time, he's already like decently filled out right now. Um, and you never know how, like, I think just adding mass is like one of the most overrated things ever uh, as the nineties would tell you. Um, but it's hard to do and hard to predict. Yeah, exactly. And you, you don't know how it's going to change things biomechanically if you add a bunch of weight on. Yeah. Um, but how, I mean, how do you view his finishing right now? I feel like partially I look at it in terms of, okay, well, He's not going to be an awesome at rim finisher, but he's six nine. So like having size helps with being better at the rim, I guess. But yeah, it's eh, but like, I'm not really sure how much it matters for his role. Like he's not going to be asked to like be a high volume rim finisher. I, I do think there's like quite a bit of low hanging fruit for him to improve there. I mean, like you said, he is like extremely large and has a great touch, but like all of like the craft and like wiring stuff is bad. Um, I think the, the leaping is just cause like he never jumps off of two when he's attempting to finish. Cause he doesn't have like the footwork or preparation to get into it. Like you watch someone like, like Jaden Springer play, um, who like, isn't that explosive off of one, but it's like nuclear off of two. Um, and he's always like half stepping. I mean, he does it like, you know, he, you know, you talk, he over, he overuses it. Like he doesn't like every single play, like, like he like gets into his half step, um, just, just gets himself into situations where he can be the most explosive. And Franz doesn't do that. Um, like you said, like he tries to like go around very like vanilla, like one, two footwork. Um, he does that like sweeping hook, which I absolutely hate that he definitely stole from Xavier Simpson. Um, the difference is that like he's 10 inches taller than Xavier Simpson and doesn't have the sweeping hook to, to get shots over his defenders. Um, like, like you, you'll never see him like, yes, he, like, I mean, yeah, he's frail, but he's large and like has good enough functional strength to like, he can throw in like a bump euro or just change his angle to draw contact and get into a defender. Like you rarely see him going for contact. Like when it's presented to him, I think he's okay. Like absorbing contact and finishing, but like he rarely seeks it. Just so, just so limited in terms of, in terms of like craft and aggression there in terms of creating his own angles as a finisher. But like one, like he's never going to be a guy who's like asked to self-create finishes a lot. And like, like he's going to get cuts, close out attacks. Um, secondary pick and rolls with you know where he can manipulate help hope hopefully and, and open up his finishing and like you said like he's very large and has great touch so he's not going to be a bad finisher um i don't think it matters that much for yeah. his role but like he definitely is going to be like okay i think like okay enough uh, in time but it's yeah it, it, it's not a strength of his at the moment for sure yeah no i agree um like you mentioned too i think that's another interesting aspect to, to talk about that people aren't realizing if they're not watching games consistently and that's like Franz is going to be able to run pick and roll in the NBA. Um, it's not like you're going to, you're not going to give him a heavy dose of it, but um, I think that's one of the things when I first watched him uh, and I, I mean, I obviously hadn't watched him yet throughout the year um, when you see him, like he's in a depth pick and roll ball handler for his size and considering where his handle is at, like he's really good at going East West. Uh, he, he's very good at switching hands to keep his dribble alive and not get the ball knocked out. Um, like, I just – I love what he's able to bring that way. He's good with some interior passes. Like, I think this is going to be a real weapon for him at the next level um, that people probably aren't accounting for as much as they maybe should. 
Yeah, Franz is a really spectacular passer for his size. Um, I don't think he's a, like a high level passer. Like mm-hmm. there's, I mean, this class is like I, I think normally he'd be like one of the best tall passers in his class. Like this pass, yeah, this in, class like, is special. So like he happens to be in a class with with Cade and 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 Giddy and Scotty. Um, I'd say he's like comparable like to Jalen Johnson as a passer. Um, but yeah, like he his biggest issues as a passer is I mean aside from just like not having like any real like manipulation or or like high level passing skills is he's just too risk averse. Um, as I think you'll often see him like pass up difficult, more difficult pass attempts in in terms of either like a worse pass or like a worse shot that isn't a turnover. Um, like you'll see him, let's say he gets like a second side pick and roll with, you know, Michigan's offensive, Juwan Howard's offense is, is cruel and, and just eviscerates college defenses with all of his different actions, like guard to guard screens, like multiple pre-screen, pre-screen pick and roll actions. They're like, they're like the sons of college basketball in terms of mm-hmm. their pick and roll offense for anyone listening. Um, I mean, different, but um, the same, the same, just like abject cruelty, um, so Franz is a guy who let's let's say he comes off of a second side pick and roll. Excuse my dog, but let's say he comes off of uh, a second side pick and roll, um, and he's like <laughs> he has a tagger. Um, like oftentimes, if the tagger is in decent position, like let's say like there's a pass to the wing on a lift, a pass to or a maybe more difficult pass inside to the roller, like he won't choose either. And he'll either pass out or like take a worse shot himself. I think I want to get into the idea that um, like t- turnovers aren't bad, especially for young guard and yard play, young playmaker prospects. Um, I, I think there's this idea that like turnovers are bad, um, and I I want turnovers in my young player prospects because that means they're trying difficult passes, um, and the only way they're going to get better at making those decisions. And, you know, more efficient with their reps is by doing them. Um, like, I think the ideal prospect, like, profile is, like, high assist, high turnovers. Like, I, I want Franz turning the ball over more is, is his issue. Because when he does, like, try, try comp passes, like, he can hit pocket passes. Like, he can hit skip passes. Um, like, he, like he, he'll have, like, really impressive, like, like wrap around interior passes, like, rep, like, splinging balls around bigs, like, falling out of bounds. His length opens up passing angles as well, um, because of that length, he can fit he can fit balls into windows the other players just can't reach. You know, along with his height, enabling the same thing. Like he can see over the defense because he's extremely tall. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he's definitely like a risk averse passer, which again, like, is okay in some settings. But I think if he, if he's a guy you want like running any sort of volume of pick and roll or secondary passing action, then you want to see him more consistently attempting those more difficult passes because he can do it and he does try them, but it's just not as often as I'd like. Um, but I, I mean, for his role in height, like he is a very, very good passer. And like, again, probably undiscussed, like how good of a passer he is. Yeah, exactly. Cause I think people just see the numbers and like, Oh, well, three assists per game, like whatever, nothing crazy, but like he pulls out some awesome stuff. Like you mentioned, the pocket passing is fantastic when he actually uh, whips it out. Like it's, it's very good. Um, and I, I, I want to just hit on that, too, because you mentioned like having guys like you want guys to, to get turnovers like it's it's almost better for an offense sometimes or just in my mind, just better for development in general, too. Like yeah. you want to 
bend a defense. You don't just want to keep passing around and finding like it's good to, to keep kicking the ball around and get an open shot. But at the same time, if you're really going to affect a defense at a high level, you have to be able to to break it at some point. You can't just keep bending it and hoping like it, it's defenses that are good enough can keep reforming if you're just bending it consistently instead of finding a way to actually break it down. Um, and like one of the great ways of looking at it is like DeMar DeRozan. Like I love DeMar DeRozan, but people always are like, well, he's got like this awesome assist to turnover ratio. I'm like, well, part of that is he's not like he makes really high level reads and really high level passes, but it's not like he's he's not making a cross corner kick out all the time and stuff like that. Like sometimes it's just he'll bend the defense, gets a wide open three and OK, hopefully it goes in. But it's not always like something that's going to completely kill a defense. And it's not like this is not to say that DeMar is like a bad pass or anything. He's fantastic playmaker but like point being you want guys who are going to go out there and try to kill a defense not just like give it opportunities to reset yeah it's like the all-time turnover leader is um is lebron like yeah he like it is not because lebron is a bad decision maker or like can't dribble it's because he will like try to sneak passes into windows that aren't there and you know, because he's LeBron, he gets them you know, more than more than he doesn't. But because you, you know, he, he, you know, he plays, he's going to play twenty years, so like rack up five thousand turnovers. That's again not a problem, um, just because of the way he plays. And in order to to hit those high value layup passes, um, and and high value skips, but I I think of this most as like the difficult interior passes. Um, some of them are going to be misses, and that's just all right. Um, especially in the context of development where like for Franz, like, yes, like Franz is the type of player who wants to win and like is wired to like do whatever it takes to win. Like, I mean, kind of like Mobley and kind of like Cade, you know, once was concerned to be um, where he, it, it's like, all right, if you don't win, because like, like that's not Franz, like that shouldn't be Franz's ultimate goal. Like, like, you know, just because, yeah, sure. He saves a turnover. Um, and kicks out to Isaiah Livers, who hits like a semi-contested three. That's technically a win, but I would much rather see him try and fail uh, like a tough interior delivery because that's just more beneficial for his game as a passer in the future. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that the Pacers need, honestly. Like, how confident are you that that he could maybe grow out of that at the next level? Because that's something that I've been trying to decipher and like figure out like, all right, well, like that's the hardest part in projecting stuff with the draft right now for me. Like, okay, well, how confident am I that this guy is actually going to be able to grow out of that at the next level or to be, you know, coached to do something differently or just, you know, in his mind, be like, all right, I'm going to do this differently. Because I think that's, uh, you know, trying to determine what what somebody's wiring might might adjust or if it won't adjust is like that that part's really hard. I mean, I, I can't give you a definitive answer because it, it depends on a lot of factors. It depends on his, on his development, um, mm. how committed a team is to doing the right things with him, um, you know, teaching him right, getting him reps. Um, I mean, I think if you were to go to the Pacers, like uh, Carlisle is probably as good as a bet, um, even though like I think Carlisle kind of is a thing where he's like he can be like on, he can have a short lease with with young players. Um, but I think, you know, just in terms of like having a coach for development, you know, I, I think uh, uh, that's probably a good spot for him. Yeah. I, like I said, you just want his his team or coaching staff to have him do these reps and try these more complex actions and, and give him a license to fail, which I, I definitely do think, you know, it's kind of a wasted, a missed opportunity. Cause yes, like, well, he, he could like, you know, in the league or maybe he'd like play some time in the G league, which again, not a, not like a bad thing or like a slight, like, you know, it, it helps a lot of players. Yeah. So I no. think Franz 
um, you know, get some more reps as a, as a ball handler and, and improve there. So, I mean, I definitely think it can be improved to what extent I'm not sure. Like he, he's never going to be like a super like risk risk taker. Uh, I, I just don't think you can like flip your wiring that much, mm. but I definitely think, um, you know, in a lot of instances, wiring can be changed. Like, like this is a different issue, like for guys who just like won't attack the rim, like, like college and Edwards, like college KPJ, um, you'll see like in, in the league that can, that can be altered when, especially like when role changes and when, when expectations change. So I do think there's, um, you, know, you know, there's room for Franz to grow there though. I just don't know. Don't know to what extent really. I mean, yeah. I, I just, dude, dude, I just don't know. Like, I don't think. Yeah, I, I mean, you never know. It's just like, yeah, could anything could happen. But I'm hoping for for the best for sure. Um, another aspect I want to hit on before we hit defense, and lastly, is uh, looking at like self creation a little bit. Obviously, he's not a guy who you're expecting at all to be a primary. Like, I don't want to. No shit. But like, um, he does flash a little bit of uh, of stuff in the post that I kind of like. It's not amazing. Uh, he goes to a fadeaway occasionally. Um, but like, I kind of like it because it's the sort of thing where it's like, if you can have a little bit of something in your bag, like, I just like having players who can come in, like, um, if you're coming in with some kind of on ball reps or some kind of creation flashes, it's at least something that like, all right, maybe there's an opportunity to build on it at the next level. Um, like if you don't get to the rim, like you could just do what Tennessee or in Villanova always doing and, and, uh, just protect the possession. Um, yeah. but just kidding. Don't actually do that. But, um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's, 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 it's terrible to watch. I hate it's watching terrible to watch, um, especially like, especially Tennessee, like, like at least Nova, like it works and looks pretty cause they have like a pristinely spaced floor, uh, and movement, and, but like Tennessee's like playing four bigs and yet their guard, like, like Jaden Springer wants to post up anyway. And I'm just like, why do you like Rick? Why do you tell your players to do this? Must like, we do this? Yeah, it's like, no. why must you coach them this way? Like, this is nothing these players did before they got to you. Strictly vibes, man. It's all about the vibes. Um, vibes, vibes but I do and- like that that Franz has flashed some of that. And like, wh- I mean, what do you think about his ability just to like, you know, maybe put the ball in the deck and and take an 18 footer or to, um, you know, if he if he does get presented with an opportunity to attack a mismatch? Yeah, I think. Uh, again, it's just going to come down to Franz being large and a very good shooter. Like I want Franz taking more pull-ups, like like you said. Um, like he, I, like when he takes like step backs and pull-up threes, like it looks good and it works because he you know like he's got great form, uh, great touch, and he can shoot over guys. I think it's definitely like height is an underrated indicator for pull-up shooting progression, mm. just because it makes it easier to to get shots off and to get reps. Because like Franz has to work a lot less hard uh, to work on his pull-up jumper than someone like Sharice Cooper, for example, just just because of that height difference and the release difference, like and and the way contests impact. Like obviously, like like NBA shooters are incredible, and like contests don't bother them the way you know they bother most humans. But like contests from good defenders obviously matter, and the less you can be impacted by them, I think the better for for development, especially. Uh, and Franz is, you know, someone who's I don't think is that impacted by contest just because he's so large um, and, and can release the ball high and quickly. So yeah, I think in terms of self-creation, that's kind of the best bet is that like he becomes somewhat of a pull-up shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't really think he's ever going to be someone who generates any sort of easy shots at the rim. Um, it's like not wired or built as like a free throw rate guy. Uh, like I said, I, I think post-ups against maybe smaller guys, like potentially if, if you want to throw a guard on him, like he can probably do it. Cause, and, and I think that still goes back to the shooting over people component. Yeah, I think just, you know, figuring out 
if, if he can figure out how to use the size and strength he does have to generate space um, and then just use his height and, and hopefully develop a pull-up shooter. To me, that's like his path as a self-creator. But again, I don't really think that's anything he's ever asked to do much. And if he never becomes even close to a decent self-creator, I don't think it really matters. Like it, yeah. it's, it's not salient for his role. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, I mean, it's something that you hope for. Like, all right, if you have like a little bit of something awesome, but you know, if not, still awesome. Yeah, it would be uh, very much just like an added bonus. Like, yeah. you, you certainly don't need it for Franz to be a great NBA player. Definitely. Um, so actually, I did think of another thing I want to hit on before defense. Um, looking at him athletically is, I think, uh, important. Like, in terms of, like, our our, our mutual friend, uh, Jake Rosen, wrote a really great piece over at the Stepien on trying to look at athleticism in different ways. Um, and I think that's how I, in, in terms of looking at Franz, like, I think a lot of people would watch him play and be like, oh, he's not that athletic. And while I would say he's not, like, the most athletic guy, he does have some pretty damn good movement skills for somebody's size. Like just overall, number one, he's got great balance, which is so important, especially if you're a bigger player. Um, and also like, I mean, his footwork is insanely good. That's not necessarily athleticism, but just in general, like one of my favorite parts about him and part of what helps him unlock being a good lateral mover is that he never crosses his feet up when he's, when he's moving on the perimeter. Like there are so many guys, like I remember scouting Cassius Stanley last year, like Cassius Stanley might be one of the most laterally quick dudes I've ever seen, but he crosses his feet all the time. So it, it like it's almost like looking at like if you have a poor handle, like you kind of negate a lot of the advantages you can create, even if you have good burst. Like if you're a lateral mover and your footwork is shit, you're not really that good of a lateral mover. Um, and Franz does not have that issue. And like, it, you know, it, mixing that in terms of having his length as well, like that's a huge aspect of, of what he's able to do. Like, I think um, He's going to be capable of, I don't, I, I think throwing out just like switchy defender is annoying, but like, he's a guy who could be a switchy defender and probably will be at the next level. But um, like, in terms of looking at his athleticism, like what kind of stands out to you and, and showing like, Hey, this guy's not TJ Lee for, you know, not just like any random uh, white dude that people are afraid he's going to be coming to the next level. Yeah. I mean, Franz isn't a run jump athlete. Um, and, and that's what, again, like our, our boy, little bro, Jake Rosen, like, you know, and, and many other have, have touted, like that's what generally people are referring to when they say athleticism, mm-hmm. like he's not bursty and he doesn't do cool dunks very often. Um, so, I mean, first of all, like I said, he is a good vertical athlete, uh, by way of, 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 of load time, which is, I think for a weak side protector, especially one with his length, more important than just pure explosion. Mm-hmm. Like Franz gets off the floor immediately off of two feet, uh, which is, you know, the, the thing that's going to be most important as rim protector, because it's much easier to, to set yourself and like pre-hop into a jump on defense than it is on offense. And because he can get up so fast, he can you know react quickly and, and, and block shots at the weak side rim protector. And like you said, his movement skills are awesome. Like he is a ground coverage machine, uh, not to the extent of like Devin Vassell um, or like um, rest in peace, uh, TJ Shannon. Um, don't remind me. Yeah. Please don't remind me. You don't have to do that. I mean, Dude, Henry yeah. and I recorded a pod the day of, uh, and then he, he announced that he was going back to Texas tech like two hours after it was very sad. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he is, um, you know, Franz is like uh, ground coverage is so important in the modern NBA because like modern offense is predicated on like forcing, you know, forcing closeouts, creating advantages all over the floor. And Franz negates that. Um, I, I did a Franz stream, Let's Watch Film with PD Webb. If you haven't watched that, I definitely recommend 
go watching that for you know uh, a more you know a, a, a just a different angle on Franz you know watching a game with us it was, it was that was a great time but I think one of the things that that Petey really harped on is that like Franz's best skill is truly his ability to play in like two on ones to defend disadvantage and a, a big part of that is his movement skill and like we'll get into it like he moves so well for his size like like you said the footwork um just the way he navigates space uh he's so good changing directions in short and big spaces which is pretty rare like like another great like wing defender like aaron henry is like not very good changing directions at long in, in big spaces like like scotty barnes uh, struggles to me a bit in small spaces like it's it's a really rare thing for these defenders to be so good at both um and and franz is Franz is, um, is just that good. And like you said, um, I mean, we'll get into more. Like, he is so good at reattaching, like, after being after like against screens because of that footwork and the lateral movement. Like, even when he is beat by screen, because he definitely is, is you know, prone to getting walled off because he's pretty frail. Like, he's no Zaire Williams in terms of getting flattened. Um, but he definitely can get, you know, screens can do a number on him, but he's so good at reattaching. Uh, using his length and his footwork and his lower body. He's so good at defending with his lower body too. Like you'll see a lot of young point of attack defenders like defend with their upper body and their and their arms too much, like shifting their weight forward or swiping um, or being overly reactive. Whereas Franz like dictates offensive player movement with his lower body, like using like thigh checks and hip rotations to, to be proactive as a point of attack defender. And that's like not even a strong suit. Like he's got his limitations as a point of attack defender. Um, I think he's kind of switchy, like you said. I mean, he he definitely struggles with 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 quickness, despite having amazing recovery tools, like amazing recovery tools. Um, he definitely struggles to me with quickness, and will get overwhelmed by stronger dudes. Like he is a little bit too like like technique happy to me at times. Like in like in the LSU game, um, like he defended Trenton Watford a lot. And like he like he got put in the rim more times than you'd like just because he was like defending with his like hands straight up. Uh, or if he was you know being more aggressive, um, I think he could have gotten stops there, even if he was getting really good contests. So yeah, like Franz has his issues with physical tools um and his strength and you know traditional run jump athleticism, but he he is an athletic dude, like full stop. <laughs> Yeah, that's a it's a good point. I have a couple of points on that. Like number one, yeah, and watching the Florida State game, uh Raquan Gray like absolutely tosses him into the basket and it definitely was not an offensive foul it was just like he's part of that i mean raekwon gray is like a monster um just in terms of his driving ability and, and you know it, if you're just in raekwon's way you're going to end up in the stanchion um but also it's like so cool. i love Raekwon. Oh, i love he's like gray. As, as 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 our friend pd says he's like if he's honestly i think uh our friend cosmos uh i guess formerly cosmos brian um, was I think the first to say like Raekwon is like if you zapped Zion with an anti-athleticism ray. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> like, good. I remember him putting that on Twitter. Now I think yeah, about it. He's extremely cool and fun. But yeah, I mean, that's not it's off. besides the point, but it's perfect, yeah. man. Um, it's so yeah, perfect. It, it is perfect. And he still has like, I mean, it just he's not really much of a leaper, but like he's got a he's little cool. bit of a little bit he's of leaper. fun. He's just fun. Um, very vibes prospect, but uh, extreme vibes. Yeah. yeah, with with Franz's recovery though, like I clipped, uh, I clipped something today. I was just like one of the best sequences I think I've ever seen out of somebody. He gets slightly back cut, but notices it within like a quarter of a second, which that's already impressive me. Like getting back cut, not good, but like if you can notice it before the guys even pass you, that's pretty impressive. Um, 
fights through two screens. And he like, that's one of the things that's also really impressive. Like, like you mentioned, he can sometimes get walled off, but also like the fact that he's able to fight through and over screens as well as he does at six foot nine is kind of remarkable. Most guys who are that size just are too long and like are all arms and they can't get around screens. Like Giannis has that problem. Jonathan Isaac has that problem. Like sometimes you are just too long to actually get over screens and Franz is able to kind of combat that, which is awesome. Um, but he chases over screens. I think it's on MJ Walker um, and he pulls up for three. Franz is there, uh, jumps from probably like five or six feet out and has the contest. MJ goes right. And then bef- like as soon as bef- before MJ's even passed him, Franz is back down on the ground, has his, his, his hips flicked, gets on his on, on his back hip and is able to you know contest from behind and then contest at the rim. And I'm like, yeah. there are very few guys in the NBA who can even do that. Franz is going to be a monster rear view contester. Like he, he, he like he's no Matisse Thibault, um in, in that vein. I mean, nobody is like he's definitely going to be a really good rear view contester, which is like so good. Like he's going to be really good. Again, like he's so scheme versatile, which we'll get to. Um, like he can defend as like so many roles. Like 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 he's someone who you, you, you can legitimately throw. Um, I think at the point of attack in like a hard drop, like a Milwaukee drop. I think, um, maybe not Milwaukee's drop specifically, um, but like or like it'll take a team that like is more pull up than slashing oriented to, to get the most out of Franz there. And like, you'll need scheme, but like, he can do it because of like, like you said, the recovery tools and how he reattaches over screen. Like that's like, that's what you need from your on-ball defenders in that scheme, um, which I feel like so, so, so much of that nuance is lacked in discussion of, you know, drop coverage when it comes to, you know, Gobert and Brooke Lopez, but that's a conversation for. No, it's all the big, the it's all the big, it's always the big's fault. Don't forget yeah. if, uh, if a player went like, Dude, I, I, not to, not to go on a rant, but like I posted a, a video just of like every single pick and roll possession from the first half in game one. And the amount of people who quote tweeted with like, oh no, he got abused. Chris Paul was 10 of 16. I'm like, but look at Drew Holiday getting blown up at the point of attack. Look at PJ Tucker getting screened into the abyss. Like at yeah. some point you can contest the shit out of something, but like people yeah. are just going to hit shots. It's offenses. Uh, it, it trumps defense almost every time in the NBA. That's how it works. You have to be a lot better on ball and at the point of attack. And like specifically for the Pacers, I think that's why it makes sense. Like we, you know, I think you and I will be the same. This like drafting for fit is a, sh- a sham. Like there are just very few rookies that are ever going to have a real impact that's positive in their rookie year, unless they're like Cade. Like even Cade might struggle to have. I, I mean, he, he probably won't struggle to have a positive impact, but like. Um, He'll there are his, gonna be moments that are rough. He'll him. have his he'll he'll have his moments, like as yeah. will as will every rookie ever. Yeah. Like even the even the greatest ones, like Lamelo had his moments this year. Like Zion had plenty of his moments. Luca had his moments, like they, they all do. Yeah, but it's just it's hard to actually be like a super high impact guy who's contributing to like a playoff rotation. Um, but in terms of like looking at a guy who like, I mean, I always say, like, my thing is you want to draft the best player available who you know you can develop and is going to have the best opportunity in your system. Like, um, or not even just system, but just in your organization. So, like, Goga Bataze probably was the best pick when the Pacers picked. They should not have picked him. They should have either traded out of that pick or found a better way to get value because he hasn't even played a thousand minutes yet. I, Kevin just like, I wanted Kevin Porter so bad. Yeah, I know that, that would have been fantastic, but it, it didn't happen. We don't need to think about it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I uh, so yeah, looking at that, like Franz at 13 is fantastic. Um, yeah. like that is like, a good pick. 
there are 12 guys to this in this draft to me that are like really worth a damn like early in the draft um and franz is like very clearly one of those 12 um so like yeah i mean he to me is a value like anywhere past like eight um and you know i consider him as high as like six i mean for the right team like he he is extremely good as well you know we'll continue talking about yeah like like 13 is an excellent, excellent value for me. And like, I think it's, it's extremely conceivable that he falls there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and all right. So like in moving more onto the defense, like we've talked about scheme versatility. And I think it's funny because looking at this Pacers team, um, it's hard because two years ago, they were a really damn good defense. Like they finished, I think, sixth. Yeah, they, they were sixth. And then they were third the year before in terms of defense. Um, this past year, we're not going to talk about it. It was bad. Um, part of it's like, right, so you, yeah, it was miserable. Uh, you look at this entire roster. So like you have a lot of guys who are okay, like better as team defenders and scheme defenders than, than being good point of attack defenders. Like Malcolm Brogdon, um, is probably a little bit better guarding up position. Karis Levert is Karis Levert and he's not very good at defense. Just to be completely honest. We saw that in Indiana. We saw that in Brooklyn. I'm hoping that he'll improve. He has moments on ball, but like the off ball is really rough for him. Um, but like looking at Franz, he would be the one guy who you can look at that you can kind of do anything with, like him and Miles. I don't know if Miles is going to be on the team. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but just in terms of having adding a guy like that to the roster who is able to help you, it's not papering over things is the wrong way to put it, but like he just gives you the optionality to be flexible. Like a yeah. having forwards and wings on the roster is so important because it allows you to be more versatile in your lineups but also like it just gives you the opportunity to do more because TJ Warren is the only guy who's been a real probably plus at the point of attack as a defender um, over the last year and a half. And he didn't even play this last year. So it's like, you know, but ad- adding Franz would be huge and in, in just oh, upgrading cool. that, that into the roster. I'm sorry. Just, just, just noticed that France moved on in the U19. So we'll get, Oh really? Yeah. They came back against Serbia. So we'll get Chet versus, uh, Weminyana. Oh, fantastic! Excellent. If you're this is extreme tangent, but if you're if you're in a draft mood after this and you're being more basketball, you know, if you're watching this either like today or tomorrow, you know, whenever it comes out, actually, it'll be after the game. Anytime in the future, like go back and watch the the USA versus France U nineteen game. It'll be amazing. Yeah, and also don't forget to watch Nigeria versus the U.S. tonight because uh, Casey Akpala is going to drop forward. It's going to be awesome, and I can't wait. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen, but it sounds nice in my head. Former former Pacer, Casey Akpala? Oh, shit, I forgot that that was a thing. Um, I mean, technically. Yeah, for a second. Uh, for it, a second. It, in a way, in a way. Um, that was a nice trade for that, for, for, for Indy. But... Yeah, it worked out all right. Yeah. But, but <laughs> okay, France. Um yeah, scheme versatility. The only like caution I I, I want to wager is that like I think well yes like Franz can do basically everything. He's definitely best as like a weak side help defender. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking him to be your stopper, bad. Um, he can do it, but one it's not like like it's just not like the most ideal because he's gonna have his limitations and it's just not the best for his development. I mean, ideally you have a defense that you know has you know Franz and guys like Franz who you can deploy in a multitude of ways because like I said Franz is really best as like uh, a weak set help defender defending in two and two on ones like being the guy defending defending both the tag and the lift or x outs or you know just like because he can change directions in small spaces his his instincts and his anticipate anticipation are just god tier 
um his verticality on contests is amazing like he can even like like he can even play like dr- play like dropping big like like he he did it at times this season where he would masterfully um dance between the the floater and the lob and the turret shots um i'm not sure have you seen the the michigan uh versus northwestern game i have not it's one of the games i downloaded yesterday you need because... to watch it um and anyone else who can get their hands on it i have heard it, that it is it is, it is the yeah. game so yeah it is one of the best prospect games i've seen all season um maybe the best honestly like just think on top of my head like he that defensive game was incredible like and really i think it's a great showcase of his versatility um like i said just like the weak side instincts as a rim protector the the movement skills in terms of just omnidirectionality like changing directions moving forward backwards sideways um he, he's just got all of that and he's again like can do can play basically every role on, on defense like i do think there like is like some very back end small ball five equity um with franz like i don't know if like that's really going to be a thing but it's something i certainly would like to see a team try because he's again super large strong um the issue with you know many small ball lineups is people have been you know yelling about forever and especially this playoffs a uh, shout out to our pal jackson frank uh, <laughs> yes with, with the clippers especially like you need rim protection for small lineups to work like that's why like i mean first of all like like the warriors small ball was not small like yeah they had yeah. kevin durant and, but um and like often played like looney and, and bogut and is but like draymond is a, is a spectacular small rim protector uh, or non-center size rim protector and like franz well you know obviously not close to that level I think can be some of that. So I think like, like I, I would love to see a team experiment with that, even if it's like a, a disaster, like I think it's worth trying. Um, but yeah, like, he is so scheme versatile. I do think there are roles where he's going to be better and roles that I want to see him in more. But like in a pinch, if you have like guys injured or certain rosters, like you need him to be a stopper, like he can do it. Um, again, it's not like his ideal role, but like, he's not going to be like stranded out there. Like he can certainly do it. And having someone who just doesn't really have defensive weaknesses is so, so valuable. Like, like, of course, Franz is going to struggle in some matchups, like against like, like really like, like, like crazy strength based wing creators, like, like Jimmy Butler, um, Franz might have issues. Um, if you, if you want to put him on like, like Trey or something, which you know, I don't know why you do, um, you know, he's probably going to struggle. Um, but I, I mean, he's, he's, he's as weakness proof a defender as you can realistically ask for while yeah. having very strong strengths. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. And I think just speaking philosophically too, like, um, like one of the reasons I got so frustrated with the Clippers is like, we're talking about, um, like, it's not even that you can't go small. It's more like there has to be a, a purpose behind it in some ways. Like you, and it's not even like, you don't have to have a guy who's going to block shots out there, but like it's kind of like um, like if you are going to go small, there has to be ways to, okay, either you're stopping drives from getting there at all or you have some kind of rim protection on the back end because you can't do it. Like if there, isn't, if there isn't a way that you're consistently cutting off drives or trying to alter shots, then you're going to get eviscerated at the rim. And the Clippers really struggled with that a ton this postseason. Part of that's like, yeah, they didn't have Kawhi for part of the, for, for part of the stretch, but also it's just like, okay, well, Reggie Jackson was just – rough on defense as good as he was offensively like his defense was pretty eh, and like they just had a lot of issues with that and yeah. part of that too like i don't understand when your best rim pro- yeah like when your best rim protector is, is nick batum like yeah. that's not gonna fly it's a like, little problematic playing playoffs. marcus morrison drop problematic uh because <laughs> i think he has he actually might have a negative wingspan 
I can't remember I for sure, it but it's like, close to it. I mean, he has a negative wingspan and a negative affinity affinity for playing defense. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, that's a great, yeah. great way of putting it. Um, so I guess the last thing I want to hit on then, I mean, overall, just looking at Franz, like, um, I mean, I think a lot of people will get caught up in the fact that he's not an on-ball creator and say like that he doesn't have upside or something. But I just think it's worth noting that all of this stuff combined and together, like, I think there's this idea, like I threw this out yesterday, that people think that he doesn't have upside and he's coming out like this. And I'm like, I, I just vehemently fight back on that. Because number one, he's super young. Number two, like most players just aren't going to be a franchise cornerstone. But I think he's a guy who could be the cornerstone of a really good roster. Like he's going to be one of the three or four best players on a really good team. And that matters like that. That means a lot because yeah. he's not just like some quintessential fifth wing who you're you're hoping will hit spot up threes and, and play some defense like he's a guy who is going to be highly impactful, should be a starter in the league for quite some time. Yeah, like upside is just not as simple as like great physical tools, like great yeah. scores. Like, well, I, I think like obviously physical tools like is an important component to upside. Um and like, you know, being able to like create for, you know, the, the high end primaries matters and being able to score matters. And like, as we've you know, touched on, like, that's an issue for Franz. Like, again, like really young for his age, like has physical tools. Like Franz is a toolsy dude, like we've been getting into. Um, and it's not about physical tools. It's about functional application of physical tools for upside. It's like, can you, can you use or improve in a way to where you can really utilize those tools to your greatest advantage? And like Franz obviously can, like as, as we've gotten to many times in terms of his rim protection um, and just his, his overall team defense and his passing, you know, like he's a lot less traditionally athletic than a guy like Cassius Stanley, as we mentioned earlier, but Cassius, you know, doesn't really have ways he can really apply his physical tools because he lacks the, the, the feel or like the handle or, you know, just he lacks pretty much every way you could really need to apply those physical tools where, and that limits his upside greatly, um, you know, not, not to rag on him, but like again, another example of like the age thing. Like, Cashers was extremely old for a freshman, which is an issue. Yeah, Franz is definitely um, a guy who has a pretty, you know, a, a fair ceiling. I don't think he's ever going to be anything incredible as an on-ball creator. Um, but like, he has ex- like obvious all-league defense upside to me. Like, very, very obvious all-league defense upside, which is so so valuable while being like. I think he can be like a you know solid fourth offensive player. Again, that's that's someone like every team needs at, at Franz's ceiling. Like that's someone every every team needs, um, and especially like playoff teams is absolutely invaluable. Like I mean, it's like I, I've seen this comp and it's like it, it's not it, it's not perfect. But like broadly, like the Franz Mikhail comp, just like philosophically speaking, works. Like it's like I think Mikhail's probably like a better offensive player than you know is going to be much better offensively. This is a better self creator than, than Franz. But like just just that kind of that kind of idea, like someone who doesn't need to carry a carry high usage to really add value offensively, and then it's just going to be amazing defensively. So yeah, Franz Franz is fantastic. Um, he is going to be an extremely good NBA player. I'm I'm pretty confident in that. Um, and yeah, like like at at 13, he's a steal. Like I mean, I think there's there's likely to be quite a few good players available at 13 who I would very much like for the Pacers and for any other team. Um, just because of the way this draft seems like it's going to shake out. But Franz is certainly going to be one of those guys who I think would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. Uh, and I actually do have one more question. What do you think about his fit with Domas? Because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are probably going to bring up. Um, like, just generally speaking, like, I, I think it's entirely possible that we enter this next season with the roster fully intact 
for the most part outside of maybe a couple of free agents who walk. Um, it does. I mean, the 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 front office and, and Rick Carlisle on, in the last press conference really left the door open for anything to happen. Um, but I would just, I mean, just generally speaking, it's m- more likely that that Miles will get traded than Domas gets traded. That's just how the NBA tends to work. Um, yeah, like, what do you think about the fit of them part. together potentially? All right, I think I mean, assuming Franz shoots, which I think you know most likely will, it's great. I mean, two very tall, very smart people enabling each other. Like, I think, you know, Franz Domas pick and rolls or DHO, oh, God, DHO yeah, keeps, awesome. like, can just be beautiful. Um, Franz working as a passer. Um, I think Domas is, is a great guy to help work on his development as a cutter and as a store because he will enable those easy, easy attempts, like, get him working on, like, the, the beer cuts and the back doors um, that, you know, Domas can, can thrive on uh, and just put Franz in those actions. And I think he can really, you know, improve there and be impactful. And like I said, like, I think you could do some funky stuff, like running like Franz is like the DHO guy uh, with, with Domas as, as like the perimeter ball handler. Um, it's just like, you can really never go wrong with, with, you know, smart, uh, tall, you know, skilled dudes. And because you're probably not going to sacrifice spacing with Franz, um, I think it's really fun. So just like another, like, just, just another option. Like, again, like Franz isn't a guy you're drafting to be your high usage scorer. Um, and like the Pacers obviously need to figure that out one day, but like Franz, you know, it's just someone you draft, like, like when you have that score, like if you're going to get that score, like he's a piece, like he is an important piece in place, like that second wing. Um, so he, yeah, I mean, he's, I think that fit is extremely fun. That is a cool idea. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. And I'm, I'm psyched too, because like, I mean, Rick is so good at um, just applying everyone on the roster to the, to, to try and make everything work together. Like, okay, if you're good at something, we're going to find a way to utilize it. Like, we're going to get the most out of this roster. So like the idea of Franz on it is fantastic to me and I, I hope it happens, but um, there are a lot of interesting picks at 13 and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to it and, and to talking more about it with you. But Ben, this was, this was awesome, man. Do you have anything that you want to plug or like uh, anything that you want to mention before you get out of here? Um, no, just follow me on Twitter at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. Um, where I'll be posting like my you know draft voice notes and clips and whatever random. They're things. very good, so I recommend following Ben. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Um, is that your draft board behind you? On that the is my draft board. I literally bought a. Uh, I, I got that. I got that. Um, that invested this year. I bought. I think it was two months ago. I got. I a, love uh, that. I think that's amazing. A, I just have a, it in my notes app. Like. Oh, I, I have it. So I had it in my notes app at first, but like I just like people like throw everything up. So I have like. That's. So I have cool. like a top fifty going, and then I have like all the other names in the second round. Uh, on the on the other far side. So. Can we get a, a sneak peek? Sneak peek. So right now, um, I'll share mine too. Well, I'm not trying to go too far on this uh, <laughs> because I do want, I'm probably going to put a top 50 out because I don't Ooh. feel like doing a top 60. Um, I'm not going to get 60 guys. this year. Yeah. I don't feel yeah. like doing 60. I feel pretty comfortable my, in like 45 guys. right up because I'm not deranged anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Well, I'm yeah, I could not do a top 20 right up. That would be insane. But like, I'm thinking of doing like, a, was, I'll probably do a top 50 on any corner. That was, that was a thing to do once and never again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You did that. It was a, uh, it was a bird rights, right? No, I did that. Well, with um, it was like some old website, CBV Today. I mm-hmm. did like, well, I've I've done top hundreds every year, but like, like I was like, like, like I did like a write up for every single one. Oh, and that took me oh, like, wow. that took me like months, and like it, it was a cool thing, and I'm glad I have that. But I, I'm just yeah, never. You could do a Ross Homan like 200 page draft guide again if you really want. Um, but no, I have okay. So I'll just do. I'll give you my top ten right now. My top ten is Cade Mobley. 
Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Josh Giddy at five, uh, Moses Moody at six, Rocco yeah. Percussion at seven. Oh, I love you. That's 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 great. Eight is Scotty Barnes. Nine is Jaden Springer, and ten is Keon currently. Okay, we have extremely similar boards. You're 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 a good guy. I appreciate um, it, Ben. My, I'm okay, trying my so best. My my I, goal I is to just. I'm filling my Ben Pfeiffer role on Twitter. <laughs> that is that's, that's the goal. I mentioned that like earlier, like there are like twelve guys. Like I think this, this draft really falls off to me after twelve. Um, I have I have Caden Mobley, obviously. Um, I I have Mobley in tier one. He's like like I just like can't keep myself away. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like the I'm talking about this with PD tomorrow on another pod, but like the way that Rockets people are talking about Evan Mobley is I'm gonna keep insanity, my mouth. man. It's absolute insanity. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Up. Yeah, it's a lot, but <laughs> yeah. And then I have my next tier. I have Green, Giddy, and Springer as just like my creator bet things. And then the last guys that are worth it, damn to me, are Suggs, Moody, Keon, Rocco, Franz, uh, and then Scotty Barnes and Sharif Cooper. So, yeah, I think my, my yeah, but yeah, because I had Sharif, and uh, I know you and I disagree on James Book Night, but I have Book Night number twelve right now. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, well, Ben, we'll this was this, this was really great, man. I appreciate you taking the time, and we'll definitely have to talk again sometime soon because this has been it's been great. Um, sure, you yeah. got any fun plans for the weekend, or what are you up to? I, I'm house sitting. I'll be I'll be hanging out with my dog, um, who you who you may have heard. I, I may heard. may have heard. You, you, you will have heard. Um, so I'm hanging out. Um, watching basketball. Not, not too much. Yeah. Nice, keeping it exciting. I will be watching basketball too. Well, man, I'll talk to you later. To everyone listening, of course, go follow Ben. And most importantly, just have a good rest of your day.